let's, uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Uh, Heavenly Father, we just praise you and we, and we thank you, Father. Father, right now, I, I pray for everyone sitting here that their heart will be open toward you and their mind will be open toward you. Father, I pray for everyone here, Father, that they may be, be able to receive your word and to receive the spiritual truths that you've given me to share. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Father, that I will blend into the woodwork and, and they will only hear truths that come from you. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, Ori, Ori is very influential around our house. And as you can imagine, probably your kids are probably influenced around your house and maybe even more than you know. But he watches Joel Osteen. He loves to watch Joel Osteen. And every once in a while, Joel Osteen will share a, uh, a joke that Ori just loves. And he usually asks me to share it so many times, I usually say, okay. <laughs> kind of like whenever I finally told him we'd go to New York. And I can't believe I ever told him that. But he hounded me for like six months wanting to go to New York. And this was when he was like 10 years old. And in my haste, I said, okay, Ori, when you graduate from high school, we'll go to New York. Oh, big mistake. <laughs> big mistake. Because every week after that, Ori would say, we're going to have a great time in New York, aren't we, Dad? <laughs> so you know where we went when he graduated from high school. And I didn't want to go to New York. I tried to bribe him with California, Destin, Florida, uh, Disney World. Oh, no. No. We went to New York. So anyway, so we, of course, you know, our kids have influence on us. So I want to share a, a joke with you. There's this young boy at a Christian school, and he was in the lunch line. And he was walking through the lunch line, and there was a, a big pile of apples there. And, and there was a note there in, uh, in front of the apples, and it says, only take one, God is watching. So he only took one, and he went on down the line, and he come to the, come to the cookies, and there was a sign there, some other young boy or girl put a sign there that said, take as many as you want, God is watching the apples. So, <laughs> so there you go. So there you go. You know, that's probably not biblically correct, but that's the way the, that's the, way the joke goes anyway. So, and that, that's a good joke. So thanks, Ori, for. This morning, we're going to be starting a, a series uh, concerning relationships. And as we go through this series, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to bring your Bible every single week. I know, I know, you might not know where it is. But you go find that. You find it wherever it may be. It's probably in the vehicle you drove last. I don't know. Maybe not. But you find that and you dust that off. And I challenge you to bring that because, uh, because I do want to get into the word of God more and see what God says about relationships. So I challenge you to do that. You know, bring, but bring your Bibles and, and, uh, and we'll get into the word. And this morning I want to look at a very familiar passage and we're going to look in Mark 12 28 and if you've got your Bible go ahead and turn there Mark 12 28 there is uh, there's also a, a recollection of this same passage in Matthew 22 which is a 
a classic scripture, both of these are. And this is where the religious leaders of the day asked Jesus a, a very, very important question. And not only was that this question a very important question in Jesus' day, but it's also a very important question today. In the world that we live in, this is a, it's a very important question. With all the confusion in the world today, there are times that we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to the very foundation that the Word of God stands upon. You know, spring training is coming up. And the Cardinals will go to Florida for spring training, right? Now, I've heard some people say that the Cubs aren't having spring training this year because they're so good that they don't need spring training. Now, I've heard that. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that. But anyway, what they will do, even though these are, these are athletes at the prime of their career, and they're paid millions and millions of dollars, they go to spring training to learn the basics, to get the basics down before they go on to the more complicated drills and the more complicated plays. So if you've got your Bible this morning, Mark 12, 28, we're going to read down to verse 33, okay? Mark 12, 28, and it says one of the teacher's of the relig religious law was standing there listening to the debate and realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which one is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of the religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know this is important to love him with all your heart and with all of my understanding, all my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important to offer all the burnt offerings and all the sacrifices in the law. So now I want to go back. Let's go back to the to the first verse, verse 28. And I want to break this down just a little bit as we talk about relationships. And I, I really want to kind of pull some things out uh, of the word of God that, uh, that I feel like is really important. Verse 28, it says, one of the teachers of the religious law was standing listening to the debate and he realized that Jesus has an had answered well. And these were the religious teachers of the day and they studied the scripture, they studied the Old Testament. And they had just asked him a question, and the religious leader of the day, he heard the response that Jesus had given him, and therefore he said that Jesus had answered well, even though he was really trying to catch Jesus in a falsehood. But he didn't because they had studied the Word of God, and he knew by the words that came out of Jesus' mouth, he knew that Jesus had answered according to God's Word. So let's go on and notice he says, 
So we ask, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, if, if you'll turn your Bible, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to, I'm going to turn there myself. But uh, if in Exodus 20, it lists... It lists the Ten Commandments. And notice this talking about the commandments. Out of all the commandments, which one are most important? And we probably all know that the Ten Commandments are very important. Let me just read them to you. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall make for yourself no idol or, or likenesses of heaven. Number three, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Number four, remember that the Sabbath is holy and to keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother that you may live a long life. Number six, you shall not murder. Hey, that's a pretty important commandment, isn't it? All of these are important. And number seven, you shall not commit adultery. We know that's important because you break up families and it destroys lives. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness or you shall not lie. Number 10, you shall not covet your neighbor's half, your, his house, or what your neighbor has. Because reason you shouldn't do that because it'll get you off track. It'll get you focused on not the things of God, but on the things of the world. So this saying and asking Jesus what was the most important commandments was no small question. Because these men, these, these church leaders of the day, they knew the importance of the Ten Commandments. And they was really trying to mess him up, trying to get him to pull things that, that wasn't there. But what Jesus done, did here, he took the Ten Commandments and he broke them down into two. And I could literally preach that if we will love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves, if I could preach that if we would do that, we would never break a Ten Commandment. They would never be broken. We wouldn't have to have a whole list. All we would have to have is, is the love of God in our heart and, and to love Him with all that we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Verse 29 Jesus replied, do we have that, verse 29? We do. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. And he says, now notice here, I want you to notice the urgency. And I mentioned a few weeks ago, you know that God, uh, the God, he is the creator of the universe. He can change lives. He can change us. He can change anything. But if we don't acknowledge him for who he is, he can't change nothing inside of us. If we don't acknowledge him and put him in his rightful place, we can be a born-again Christian and be as miserable as people in the world. So let's look here. He says, listen, O Israel. And then he says, the Lord our God is the one and only. And that's why we sang about him this morning. Because he is the one and only. There's no other God like him. That's why we lift him up. That's why we praise him. See, if we don't have this settled in our heart, if we don't have this settled in our heart that the Lord God is the one and only, you see, we won't love him with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. We won't love him like that. We'll get distracted. 
We'll wake up one morning and we'll chase a rabbit over here. Does anybody ever used to go rabbit hunting? Still do go rabbit hunting. How many of you guys ever had a rabbit dog that chased a deer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have too. What happens is that they start out on a, on a rabbit trail and the next thing something comes up. Everybody have anything come up in life? What happens is the dog starts out on a trail much like us. We start out following God. But then a dog, he'll see a deer or he'll smell a deer and he'll take off after the deer. Much like us in life, in our lives. We start off following God, but then a situation comes up. An opportunity comes up. Something that we shouldn't be involved in. Something we don't seek God about. Something that's, that, that might be okay for some people, but it might not be okay for us. I mean, that, that's, that happens a lot. You know, just, just because it's okay for your neighbor doesn't mean it's okay for you. See, God might have a different plan for your life. He might want to take you deeper than he wants to take somebody else. He might have things inside of you that, that someone else don't have. So don't look at your neighbor and, and try to figure out what's okay. No, look at God's word and find out what's all right. So we've got to have the, that he is our God. He is the one and only. We've got to have that settled in our life before we will ever love him the way we should. All right, verse 30. It says you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, every bit of you, not just on Sunday morning. You know, I tell you, I've, I've said many times, and I'm sure I have here too, that the most uncomfortable place for a believer is to be sitting on top of a fence. It's uncomfortable. Most fences are about that wide. And most fences are hard. And when you try to play the world and you try to play church, you're sitting right in the middle and there's no place that's more uncomfortable than riding the fence. Verse 31, he says, a second is equally important. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Then he says, no other commandment, no other commandment is greater than these. And then verse 32, it says, the teacher of the religious law replied, well said, teacher. Once again, the reason he said that is because Jesus replied according to what they had studied for, for hundreds of years. They had studied the Old Testament. And Jesus' response was in accordance with the Old Testament. And it goes on to say, you have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and, and no other. Verse 33 he says, I know it's important to love him with all your heart and with all my understanding, with all my strength and to love him, my neighbor as myself. And it says, this is more important. Now notice this. This is a religious leader of the day. You, uh, whether it's a, uh, that had studied his whole life. Many of them went to the synagogues or to the churches at a very young age. And they would study the scripture day after day after day. And, and many of them would memorize the entire scripture. Ashley, are you awake? This girl, I'm not going to ask her, but one of these days, I'm going to ask her to quote the book of James. Can you believe that she can quote the book of James? Does anybody, do you believe that? She can. She can. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Well, see, that, that's, what, that's what these religious leaders of the day did. They, uh, they studied the Scripture and they memorized the Scripture. Now, notice what this next part says. 
the religious leader of the day, he says this. He says, this is more important, talking about loving God and loving our neighbor. He says, this is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and the sacrifices required in the law. More important than all of those things. Now, here's what sometimes we don't understand. We don't understand in, in the Old Testament how important those sacrifices were. How important those sacrifices were to, to, to get rid of the sin of the people so that they could have fellowship with God. You see, without these sacrifices in the Old Testament, they couldn't enter into the presence of God. They couldn't come to him and, and, and praise him and worship him because of their sin. More important than the burnt offerings and the sacrifices required of the law. Now, now just a side note for those of you that, that like to go a little bit deeper in, in the word. If you've ever tried to study the law, it can be very confusing because there's so many phrases and words that use law. But if, here's how you break it down. There's a ceremonial law, there's a moral law, and there's a social law. So those of you that like to get deeper into word, if you'll break it down, break the law down into those categories, you'll find out that every time the Bible talks about a law, it will fall into those categories and it'll make sense to you. I just wanted to share that. So here, what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about our relationship with God and our relationship with those around us. Now see, if we're not careful in this busy life, we will put all kinds of things ahead of our relationships. How many of you, oh my goodness, if I had a dollar every time I said this, if I had a dollar every time I said, I'd love to stay and talk, but I gotta go. We've all said that. We, because we're so busy, but really what, 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 uh, what Jesus is telling us here is that there's nothing more important than your relationship with God and your relationship with those around you. There's nothing more important than that. You know what? If I was to quote Pastor Mark, Pastor, late Pastor Mark Shell this morning, I, I would say when you lay on your deathbed, you are not going to say, bring me, my, bring me my gold and bring me my silver, bring me my certificates of wealth, bring all that. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to want your family. You're going to want your best friends. You're going to want your children. You're going to want those that you have a relationship to come and be with you. There's nothing more important than the relationships. But you know, the devil, he wants to, he wants, here's what he wants us to, he wants to do. He wants us to think, he wants Christians, believers to have a mindset that the commandments of God are burdensome. That's what he wants you to think. He wants you to think, you know, we took up tithes and offerings a while ago, and I'm not going to get too deep in it, but it's the truth anyway. He wants you to think that paying your 10% is a burden. That's what the, and you know, that's completely contrary to the Word of God. He wants you to think that loving God every day of the week with all of your, all that you have, he wants you to think that that's an inconvenience to you. He wants you to think that spending an extra hour with your children is an inconvenience. He wants you to think that you don't have time to stop by and see mom and dad. He wants you to think that. When the truth is, that's when we can be more loving, we can be more kind, we can grow in the things of God. 
And we can be more Christ-like. Just when we take that little bit of time and put our busy schedules aside and work on our relationships. You know something? For years I have I have done this and I hope I'm I hope I'm learning and making progress in this. But I have learned that you know everything can be great. You know, uh, business can be good, you know, church can be good. Uh, my uh, you know the the vehicles can be good, my hobbies can be good, everything can be great. But if my relationship with my wife is not good, nothing's good. Yeah. And it's not her fault. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Don't miss my point there. See, the, the, the point is that we can have all of this stuff figured out. But if our relationship with the Lord and our relationship with those around us are lacking our lives will fall short. They just won't be what God intended them to be. You see, he wants us to to share others' burdens. That's why the scripture tells us to laugh with those that laugh and cry with those that cry. That's why we need to seek God every day of the week and ask him to show us those to talk to. So it's important for us to keep The things of God, the commandments that Jesus has given us to love God and love our neighbor, it's important for us to keep them to the forefront. You see, if our relationship with God and if our relationship with those around us, if those are good, life is good. You know, it's not about, I could not believe, I don't don't agree with everything that Donald Trump says, but I, I was really surprised for him to say on, on a national stage that, that fulfillment and happiness does not come in possessions. And we know that. But still, so much of the time, we'll put possessions over our relationships. We'll do that on, our, on a regular basis, but that's not where it's at. Our relationships take work. You know, uh, some of you know, you know, I've been... Uh, Man, I've been involved with the family business since I was, I don't know, probably nine or ten years old. And my dad told me a long time ago, he said, being in business and working with family on a, on a regular basis is one of the toughest things you'll ever do. And that's right. And he also said, but it's also one of the most rewarding things you'll ever do. And thank goodness... You know, we've had more ups and downs with our family business. But see, that's not just true with family relationships. It's true with any relationships. If you're in a relationship very long, you're going to have trouble. They're going to say something. They're going to do something that you think they did, whether they did it or not. Or they're going to send you a text message and you're going to think, well, why'd they say that for Right? Or you're going to get an email and you're going to think, well, what did they say that for? You know, and because, but any relationship has conflict. And God wants to use those relationships to grow us up. He wants to use those relationships to mature us, to, for us to become more Christ-like. 
What God does not want us to do is every time we have a conflict in a relationship to leave that relationship and go to another. That is a life that's going to be a disaster. Running from one difficulty, from another difficulty, to another difficulty. And never working and growing through the process of what we need to do to, to change ourselves and to help those around us. And to be more Christ-like. So God wants to use our relationships and the difficulties of our relationships to grow us up. Not to be stupid, but to give out grace, right? To give out grace and to give out love and to, and to, and to be more Christ-like. You know, some of the hardest things that you'll ever do in life is to work through a relationship. Hardest things. But you know what? I don't know if there's anything, me and my wife, how long have we been married? A long time. 30, 36 years or whatever. Almost. That's close. She's still smiling, so I'm okay. But you know, through those times, we had, we've had a lots of disagreements. Intense fellowship, as Mark and Kay would say. Intense fellowship. But you know what? As we have stayed together and worked through those, those things, we have grown. We have grown together and we've grown in the Lord. We have matured. We have grown spiritually because we stayed together and we worked through our situations and we worked through our problems. Now, is there anybody here has, that has never been in a situation that made you want to beat your head against the wall? <laughs> is there anybody here that's never been in a situation where you was ready to give up? You were done. You were finished. Sayonara. We all have. You know, I'll tell you, sometimes me and my wife, not, not with each other, not with, but we're, I don't know, the Lord just has us in a place that, you know, about once a week we're ready to give up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then like, and then we see a victory and we oh, all right, well, let's go again. And then we'll see a few defeats and we're ready to give up and then we'll see a victory. Okay, let's go again. And it's just up and down. But see, sometimes that's just the way relationships are. But I encourage you, don't ever give up on those relationships. Now, there are times that God will remove people from you. He will want to take them out for whatever reason. Whether, you know, they're, whether they're holding you back or they're a hindrance or they have an influence on you that, that, that you don't need. But, but you know, so, so there are times where God will remove you from a relationship. But, you know, he'll let you know when that is. I'll tell you when you don't remove yourself from a relationship. When, you're hurt, when you get hurt. Let me tell you why. Because when we're hurt, we make bad decisions. You know, there's an old saying goes that hurting people hurt people. And it's true. Hurting people hurt people. So I encourage you, before you make a life-changing decision, make sure your heart's okay. 
I'm not saying don't make, don't make that decision to, to get out of a situation or to get out of a relationship. But what I am saying is don't make that when your heart is broken. Because many, many times we'll make the wrong decision. If the praise team will come, go ahead and bow your heads. And let's pray and, and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do worship you, Father, and we praise you for who you are. We praise you that you are here today and you're in the business of mending relationships. You're in the business of mending hearts. You're in the business of raising us up out of the mire clay that we're in. Father, we just pray right now, Father, for every person here, if they do not know you as, as their Lord and Savior, I pray, Father, that their heart will be open to you right now that you will minister to them and you'll tap on their heart and, and they will come forward and receive you as their Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone here right now that's going through a difficult relationship. Father, I just pray, Father, that you'll, that you'll strengthen them and encourage them. And Father, and they'll have the strength to look for you, look to you and to your word for guidance. And they won't, be, they won't follow their own hurts and their own desires. Father, I thank you, Father, that you're the great forgiver, that you forgive all things, Father, that we bring to you, and you forgive those things, Father. Father, I just worship you, and I praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have a need this morning, I, I ask you to come. Come and receive Christ. We have, we have some that, we're, that will be getting baptized uh, next Sunday. If you've never been baptized, I encourage you. I always like to say that's one of the first acts of obedience that we should do is following salvation is the public baptism. You know, relationships are so important in each and every one of our lives. In Genesis, we read where God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why did God come down and walk and Adam and Eve? I'll tell you why. Because he wanted that relationship. Just like he wants that relationship with you. There's more, there's all kinds of illustrations. In 1 Samuel 3, I was just reading this week, where, where God called to Samuel three times. And Samuel did not know his voice. But finally, he did know his voice. Why? Why did God call to him three times? Because God wanted a better relationship with Samuel. That's why. God called Abraham to do the, probably one of the most difficult things anybody could be called to do, and that's to sacrifice his own son. Why did he do that? Why would God ask such a horrific thing to sacrifice his own son. I'll tell you why. Because he wanted a closer relationship with Abraham. He wanted Abraham to trust him with all that he had. Because of relationships. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, he's calling. He's knocking on your heart. And he wants you to come and be a part of him. 
Thank you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.